Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Andy Goldstrom about the new normal in business and supporting teams to succeed. Andy Goldstrom, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having me, John. So great to be here and, uh, and learn more about your organization as I can share some insights as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk. You know, we've been going back and forth for a long time and we've had to reschedule this conversation and you've been so patient with me. Um, I really appreciate it. And I've had a lot of fun talking to you just in the pre-interview uh, as we're getting to know each other a little bit. I'm excited for the listeners to have a chance to hear from you and, and learn, uh, you know, about your experience and some of the insights you have around, you know, what's, I suppose, becoming a bit cliche at, at, at the moment, but, you know, we keep on talking about the new normal in business and what COVID is doing to, to organizations and how it's influencing and whether we call it the new normal or we just, you know, say it's emerging from COVID, whatever. Um, it's the reality is things are shifting and things will change. And so we're going to get a chance to really explore that together today and figuring out how organizations can adapt to the change and how leaders can best support their teams as they're going through this kind of a transition in response to the pandemic. Uh, as we get started, I just wanted to share um, your bio with the listeners. Andy Goldstrom um, is managing partner at Midcourse Advisors and his team grows companies profitably, and they do it fast. Andy is a business growth and strategy expert and is a sought after business partner and speaker. He developed an approach that helps business leaders succeed and avoid many pitfalls. A big part of his practice is leveraging the best in people, which is the best way to scale. He is also a part-time instructor at Georgia State University, where he teaches entrepreneurship. So again, welcome Andy to the podcast. I'm so excited to have the chance to talk with you. As before we really launch into the discussion today, anything else you want to share by way of personal background or kind of context for this topic? Yeah, um, well, thanks again for the invitation and, and I should thank you for your patience. I think I was the one who postponed our, uh, our interview uh, from last time because something uh, critical came up and I like to meet my commitment. So I appreciate your patience with me and uh, hopefully it'll be worth the wait uh, for your listeners and for you. Um, I, I think I should tell you that as you mentioned in, my, in the introduction, I appreciate you doing that. I'm a two-time Inc. 500 business owner. And one of the ways I got to that point was really understanding how to, how to be a, a leadership development person and how to partner with HR. I am not an HR person. I have no HR background other than 30 years of experience in, 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 in doing that. And, uh, and so my, my lens in doing it is being able to scale a business 
and decide the best way to do that. And 90% of businesses, if not more, are, you know, people focused, unless you're just a, a manufacturing, you know, you're managing people who are manu managing a manufacturing or product line, but there's still front facing people. And it's really all about the people and getting the highest and best use out of those people. And if you do that, you end up with loyalty, high performance, growth. Uh, but the most important thing that people don't realize is when you, when you do that, your people be, tend to be more attentive to the customers. So they provide better service. And if they're on the front lines, they actually hear and understand things that the customer needs. And that provides a feedback loop for innovation as well. So the companies that I have had have grown because I've been able to foster that, realizing that I couldn't grow a company. My capacity was limited. If I needed to grow a company, I needed to hire the right people and trust the people and give them a path to, to, to succeed. Uh, there's so much you said there that I love um, and I completely agree with. And you, at towards the end there, you focused on the customer piece. And that is so essential. And sometimes it gets left behind in the conversation about why we need to invest in our people. Um, for all the other reasons you mentioned, we need to invest in our people. And it's the people that drive the success of the organization. Uh, but the customer piece is so essential because they're the, you know, our people are the front lines interfacing with the customer. And when they're happy, when they're engaged, when they are put, when they're empowered and they're put in a positive position, um, you know, to feel good about their work and uh, feeling purpose behind their work, they will interact with customers better. They will be, the, the customer service will be higher. Uh, customer retention will be higher. So all of these um, various customer facing metrics are improved when our people are happy with their boss, with their leaders, with the workplace, and with the work that they're doing. Um, and that's essential. And then you talked about the feedback loop, when you're really tapping into the customers, and that is so true. And so many organizations are missing that component. They don't have a good direct feedback loop of the customer experience with the product or service to then go back into um, honing that product or service to, and driving innovation like we talked about. Um, and so for so many reasons, we need to make sure that we are truly empowering our people uh, and you know, not the least of which is they're the ones that are gonna be interacting with the customers and we need to make sure our customers are happy. We, we use HR and we use good people management practices to enhance the customer experience. And that's something I think we need to hit home over and over and over again. No doubt. I mean, you, everything you said, 100% aligned. And the only thing I would add to that is in this new normal of business, that becomes that much more important because the way we operate has changed. And so the way we need to lead has changed and the way we need to align our HR processes has changed. So I look forward to you know, discussing that a little bit more. Very good. And let's, let's start there. Let's start with this new normal or post COVID coming out of um, this, this situation that we're currently in and, and organizations, you know, have been scrambling to, to stay afloat amidst, you know, um, uh, declining uh, economy and high unemployment rates and just all the restrictions around social distancing and and mask wearing and lockdowns it's taken a huge toll on organizations across industries um, and and leaders are just trying to make payroll they're trying to keep they're, they're trying to stay afloat 
and they're also trying to figure out how do we engage more virtual workers and you know so on and so forth all of this mm -hmm. is played into this environment of of working within covid um, but as we start to emerge from covid uh, these some of these shifts are going to be um, longer lasting i think than you know it, things aren't going to just reset automatically to the way it used to be uh, and that's what we mean by the new normal um, tell me more about what you think things are going to be looking like as we come out of all this. Yeah, so um, you set that up well. Um, I, I think the thing that we need to do is face some facts first, meaning there are several industries that have been impacted and will continue to be vulnerable in this marketplace. And so that means that people need to be able to adapt in those industries as well. People know like hospitality and retail and healthcare and government and manufacturing, you know, they have all been impacted and uh, and whether or not those were one of the industries that people in uh, your listeners are, are, are in that industry or not you still you need to adapt regardless and so there's a recent McKinsey study that just came out that talks about what the new normal is and they uh, uh, encapsulated it well in terms of how organizations need to change to take advantage of this unique time and what it means coming out of it and so there are five key tenets to it First one is uncertainty. So uncertainty is now normal and to be expected. So speed information and collaboration are gonna drive future performance, right? So you have to be comfortable with uncertainty. Second thing is growth. The winners will be those who can adapt fastest. So this includes innovating, making bold moves and reallocating resources nimbly. Third thing, all about HR, leveraging talent. It's talent, leveraging talent will change its geography as less of a constraint given remote work. Fourth one, is efficiency companies will need to operate more efficiently due to ongoing cost pressures because of lost revenue and the fifth one is envisioning companies that succeed will have leaders who envision new opportunities and ways of working so what does that all mean it means that the speed of business has changed and so uh, because it has to and if you don't adapt and make better and faster decisions you may find yourself out of business or certainly underperforming so this is what leaders are doing first they're removing boundaries and silos. They're trying to do things to make uh, uh, hierarchies less so that uh, they can make decisions. They're fostering better communication, changing the way we connect with teams because there's no more water cooler talk or ability to just hang in your boss's office and shoot the breeze, right? You need to communicate expectations, let teams go to work, give them the rope and then get it done. Next thing is prioritization. Leaders have prioritized their efforts, putting the best people on the hardest problems. Uh, and then with, with more limited resources, there's no more screwing around. And then, and then the last part is about technology. Leaders have adopted technology overnight where it pre previously took years. Um, an example is I have a client that was doing things manually and in person who rejected automation, but now they've implemented and embraced Microsoft Teams because it's forced them and they've had to. So the whole result is accelerated decision-making and so that's changed the operating model and the outcomes. So the changes to the operating model are flatter organizations, faster information flows, teams that are more cross-functional, so you don't have to necessarily have the exact skill set. You have to be able to overlap and work together. Flexible ways of working that we mentioned, and flexible talent, uh, flexible talent allocation. So those are all changes that are going on, but what does that mean? 
It means that leaders are trying to get faster speed to market, increased response, customer responsiveness, greater efficiency, and enhanced performance and employee satisfaction. So those are outcomes that are required. So uh, long story short, you have, to you have to streamline your efforts in order to drive outcomes to adapt to the changing marketplace because it's changing so fast and you've got to be flexible in order to do it. And uh, so that's kind of what the new normal looks like. Would you, uh, is that what you've seen, John? Yeah, I, well, I completely agree. And I think it's really important to reiterate the point you made about even those resisting um, adapting to these new technologies now this has thrust them into it like they had to um even even if they've resisted in the past if they wanted to, to survive they've now had to they've now had to rush in to learn how to leverage these technologies and so most of what you just said has been the trend over the last decade we've seen organizations moving that direction but it's just been kind of a slow trend uh slow movement towards flatter organizations through more integrated um, types of working teams, through more virtual work, through um, uh, through uh, openness and willingness to uh, deal with uh, uncertainty and ambiguity and uh, all, all of that. Everything that you just said, that's all been um, the process we've been going through in many organizations for the past decade or more, but it's been a slow, steady, movement for most organizations with some really resisting. Now, this whole situation with COVID has just thrust us into it and it's accelerated that shift. And I, I just don't see a scenario where we come out of the pandemic where things just go back to the way they were. I think now um, organizations who were more reticent to embrace virtual work, for example, now they're using Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever the platform is that they've chosen and they're, they've learned how to do it. And they've realized that, hey, we can have virtual workers that can be just as productive and efficient, if not more so, um, working from home. And then, hey, by the way, we, we can tr save on travel costs, we can save on overhead of, um, of office uh, buildings and equipment. You know, there's just all these different things that feed into what we're dealing with now. And I don't think it's just gonna magically go back to the way it was. Instead, we're gonna to continue to adapt. We're gonna to continue to learn how to leverage new technologies. And we are going to have to figure out how to, um, to deal with the uncertainty and, and respond to it in a faster way. Uh, more feedback loops, faster decision-making, more utilization of data, more utilization of technology. That's, that's how it's gonna to have to be, I think for organizations to survive. Yeah, I, I would, I, I agree with you, um, very astute and very well put. I, I would suggest the only thing that I would um, equate it to that's a little bit different is I think the pendulum went, you know, went one way to the other side where nobody had a choice. They couldn't go into the office, they, you know, for safety reasons and, and, uh, and you know, from what I've, you know, I, I live in, in Atlanta, I work around the country and around the world, but in Atlanta, you know, like between five and 8% of office workers have gone back. Still, most people are at home. But, um, but I think what's going to happen is 
when things are safe, there's a vaccine, all the protocols are in place and COVID has mostly gone away and who knows how long that's gonna be. Uh, the pendulum will swing back a little bit because you know in-person interfacing has its merits and 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 uh, and certain networking and certain innovation and certain sharing. Um, but the things that you know the the things that um, have happened as a result of COVID have made it not only necessary but also more accepted. So you know. Being able to work at home is just, you know, is not is not shunned, you know, or something because you don't have as much face time with the boss. It's actually okay, and uh, and so um, so I think it'll, you know, I, I don't I don't think it'll be quite. I don't think you're going to see five the eight percent of people in the workforce going back to the office. I think it'll probably be, you know, um, you know, probably between fifty and. 60% or 70% at some point. It's just a matter of how long it takes to get there and, and what protocols are in place to get there. Right, right. And organizations will be continually assessing the health risks and all of that. Um, and I guess I, I agree with that. I, and what I mean, I think the pendulum swing um, metaphor is, is an apt one. Um, and once we come out of whatever the reset is after COVID, we are going to be, we're going to continue to be much further um, towards the virtual work and integration of technologies um, than we were no doubt. pre-COVID. No doubt. Yeah. And, and it's, there's just no way that it will go fully back. The pendulum will not swing all the way back. It will come back some. And, and you mentioned, I mean, it's, it is vital to recognize that there, are, there is value to in-person interactions. And there, there's so much of the intangible, um, just the, the impromptu types of meetings that occur or conversations, um, the, those, uh, those organic interactions that occur um, just when you're in a, the same physical space with each other that that it's hard to replicate it's not impossible to replicate but it's hard to replicate when you're dealing with a virtual workforce and so i think that alone will be enough to bring people back into physical workspaces to a certain extent but yeah we're never going back i i don't think we're ever going back to the way it was um to that extent the pendulum won't swing all the way back totally agree yeah well let's let's talk um a little bit more now about um, what it looks like to support a team amidst this kind of transition that we're experiencing. Sure. Um, so, as I mentioned early on, I'm more of a leadership developer, and uh, and and so, uh, you know, what I care about in terms of having a team is is one is making sure that the right people are in the right place to be fair to them, to be fair to the organization. And that has to do with hiring practices and how you develop, you know, partially how you develop people. But once they're on board, there's, there's a lot to be said about how, how to manage people. And, 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 and what I care about is that there's really a strong vision in the company that everybody really knows where the bus is going <laughs> and, and what the goals are specifically in, in a quantified way. Um, so that people really understand the impact that they're going to, the, the, you know, the, the impact qualitatively that the company is going for and 
what they want to do uh, monetarily, if it's a public company with their stock price and, and uh, certain initiatives in the community, everything else. Then beyond that, you need to have as much transparency as you can provide from the top, from the HR. Um, I feel like a lot of organizations are very closed door because they're afraid to get information, provide too much information because other you know competitors may get a hold of it or others may get a hold of it. My view has always been, obviously you're not going to show share shareholder reports to the lowest member of the, on the food chain, but but uh, but them knowing what their contribution is in their department to contribute to the whole and how they're how they're contributing to that or failing against that um, uh, uh, is really important. Um, and, you know, I worked in an organization where that I led where if, if um, the lowest people in the organization didn't make, get their bonus, the highest people in the organization didn't get their bonus. When, every, when one person won, everybody won. When one person lost, everybody lost. And so it really kind of set a tone. Then there's mentorship. So it's making sure that people have uh, um, the support that they need regarding um, mentorship, people who have been there. You know, that's my whole coaching business. My coaching business, Mid-Course Advisors, is about me helping coach people because I've been in their shoes before. So it's having mentors inside or outside the organization, having training and having the resources so you have the support. And then the last thing is having a path to grow in the organization. If people know, if I do this, this, and this, and there happens to be an opening in the organization and it's a growing organization, it's something that I can qualify for or potentially uh, have the opportunity to, you know, be promoted because, you know, because I've met those milestones and, and grown in the organization. So I've always tried to do that. Um, and so, you know, what leaders need to do as a result of that is they, in, in today's world, you know, so those are good um, blocking and tackling things that not everybody does well. <laughs> um, and, and uh, you know, the better you do it, the, the more you're going to have uh, loyal people who perform well and grow and all the rest. But what leaders really need to do now is understanding the situation we're in and the new normal. They need to have a lot of empathy. And that means you don't know how people are struggling with their health, how they're struggling financially how they ha having to manage their kids at home, what they're, what they're going through. And so if somebody is, you know, if you've got a teammate who's, you know, a little late for a meeting or, you know, a little short with you that day, you, you might want to know what's going on behind the scenes or not presume what's going behind behind the scenes. And there's a bigger picture here. Second thing is giving them the rope. So it's, you know, if I have to take my kids to school or, tutor, you know, or tutor my kids, or I have to take care of my pets or my, you know, or, um, or do something else. It's more about how I get the, that I get the work done and that I know what I need to get done as opposed to being monitored on an hourly basis in terms of being watched over like big brother. And, and the third thing is just ongoing communication and engagement. There's one client that I work with who has, has a, a lot of remote people and he, he has gone overboard where they have an all company meeting every week for half an hour and everybody drops everything. It doesn't matter. The customers aren't important and he's very transparent. You know, we've made X, you know, we've, we've made this amount of money last month and this is what's happening well and not happening well and what we're trying to implement. And he actually has, you know, uh, 
this wasn't my suggestion. This is something that I thought was just amazing. He actually hired a, a full-time psychologist for the staff. So if the staff is going through, you know, anything personally in terms of dealing with customers who are under a lot of stress because of COVID, if they're dealing with it individually, if it's a department, they can't act as functionally. They've got, they've, they have weekly calls with the psychologist to guide them both from a, an emotional standpoint as well as a business standpoint. And people are very open about it as opposed to thinking that they're going to be judged. So it's kind of an amazing thing. Um, I'll stop there, but I, I, to, to, to get your comment, John, but I, I do have some things that I think HR needs to do as well. This was kind of what, it, what does leadership need to do? Yeah, no, I think those are great tips and the empathy piece is so important. And that's part of not just COVID, but just the uncertainty element of business and the shift that we see work going through is we need to have better understanding and empathy and we need to be good listeners as leaders um, if we want to maximize the potential of our people, we first have to understand them and we have to understand what drives and motivates them. We have to understand that what they're dealing with, um, so that we can best support them. Uh, and I, I think that's largely, you know, what you were just describing. I think that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and as we discussed, uh, before our call today, you know, you've, you've had prior guests on who talked about scaling and, 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 and around HR and, and, um, you know, if, if you can't get that kind of alignment and understanding of what people are going through um, and, and have a personal connection with people and treat them like they're humans uh, who, you know, who just want to be recognized and paid fairly and have some flexibility, you know, that's the best best way to do it. And it's become a different dynamic nowadays than it uh, in order to be able to scale. And one of the things that I've done some research on and, and understand is when you have three people in a company, you know, usually a founding group, everybody knows everything, right? Because they sit around the table or even if they're not in the same room or the same office or whatever, they're communicating constantly. But when there, there've been studies that have done, that've been done that have shown when you get to eight to 10 people, then to 50, then to 250, and then, you know, exponentially larger, the protocols need to change in terms of the way you communicate, the types of communications, the frequency, how you do it. And so, the, you know, and not as people are growing their business, they've never, they may not have ever done that before and don't know how to change around that. And some people get left out on the fringes because they don't, they haven't done it well. And that's where um, things become interesting. And I try and help correct that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Excellent insights. Well, Andy, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. Uh, we could go on and on and on. There's a lot more to say. And so perhaps I could have you back another time and we could continue. Can I, can I mention one thing? Uh, yes, can I mention please. one thing? Please. Sorry, I know. I know. Uh, I wanted to mention just from an HR perspective. Sure. What they need to do to change and I'll keep it quick. Um, so um, noting a, a lot of your listeners are HR folks. Um, and contribute a lot to organizations and are probably having to look at at a balance and organizational needs with a lot of changes going on with with the employee needs um, three key things i would recommend for hr professionals one is to um, learn uh, meet with or talk to employees who are on the front lines either in sales or service to understand how the value, how the how the changing needs of the customer is impacting their ability to serve. Uh, 
So if you're understanding how the employees' behaviors have to change in order to see how they need to adapt to serve their customer, you'll have a better understanding of how HR needs to serve that employee group. Second thing is the timeliness of decisions. Sometimes, you know, if, <laughs> if you get a big piece of business or lose a big piece of business or fortifying another piece of business, you need to move the pieces around really quickly. And we can't wait 30 days for an HR letter to come out in order to validate this. Some, so the fewer touch points and the timeliness of the decisions may become that much more critical. And the last thing is the uh, you need to adapt the process accordingly. So, um, so you need to be able to partner with HR as opposed to having two different fiefdoms, and not be a, and and neither the leadership nor the HR leadership, the business leadership nor HR leadership, you know, can can be a bottleneck to make things work. So if HR leadership understands what's going on in the business and how it's changing rapidly how fast the changes need to occur and how to adapt their processes to best support them, they will be much more successful and the business will be that much more successful. Amen. I mean, everything you said is absolutely right. Um, and I think that'll resonate really well with everyone who's listening uh, today. Uh, as we wrap up um, the, this discussion, and perhaps we can continue it another time, uh, I did want to give you, Andy, a moment to share with the listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about what you're doing. And I know you recently re released a book and maybe you can just tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I appreciate it. Um, um, for people who want to reach me, I am um, available at my, my website. It's called midcourseadvisors.com. And I actually have a book out that has a big leadership portion to it. It's called Grow Like a Pro. I'm holding it up for those who are going to be on YouTube. And um, you can actually get a sample of the book by going to the URL midcourseadvisors.com slash book sample. And if anybody just wants to have a dialogue about some of these new normal issues or how to navigate, uh, I, I welcome the discussion. There's no obligation. You just uh, like to connect people and um, hopefully I can be of help. Excellent. Well, I encourage listeners to reach out to Andy, uh, get connected on LinkedIn, find out more about what he's doing and, and check out the book. Uh, Andy, it's been a real pleasure talking with you and I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, that they can continue to find meaning and purpose at work, that everyone has a great week. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.